Hello and thanks for tuning in. You're listening to Captain Roy's Rocket Radio Show Crash, the UK podcast for the culture geek, technology nerd and creative wizard. This is episode 381, recorded on Thursday the 13th of May 2021, and the time at the beginning of the show was exactly 11pm. Welcome to day one of three and I'll explain that in a moment. First of all, sorry I messed up. I have not been around for a number of reasons. My Tourette syndrome went crazy, and since Tourette's is affected by stress, in my case it actually was the opposite until recently, but that flipped to the right way round, and now stress does affect it. That stress was for a number of reasons. I suppose the biggest one recently was that the car broke down, and at the moment it's in the car hospital. Hopefully it will be back on the road soon, but that has not helped. Also, I've been in incredible pain lately. I'm not sure if it's age, but every joint in my body decided to inflict as much pain as it could after doing some gardening recently, that hasn't helped. Those excuses aside, I have been keeping up with the show notes, but because I've been away for so long, there are a lot of show notes. Because of that, I've broken the pod into three episodes. Episode one today is all about TV, though as usual, there'll be other stuff like tech and personal news in each episode as usual. Episode 2 will be mostly about movies and episode 3 will have some literature. Those three episodes will be recorded over the next three days. So welcome to day one of three where we are talking mostly about TV. Before we get into the main part of the show, I completely missed Star Wars Day. It was the 5th of May before I realised I'd missed it. I don't even know what happened on the 4th. So a belated happy Star Wars Day to you all and may the 4th be with you and all that stuff. I hope your Star Wars Day was great. I have now added the day to my calendar as a recurring event, along with all the other major geek special holidays, like Doctor Who Day, and Blake Seven Day, and the Hitchhiker's Guide Day. That's Tower Day, isn't it? After I realised I had missed Star Wars Day, I did watch The Rise of Skywalker and The Last Jedi. Strangely, in that order a day or so later. Anyway, now we're minutes into the podcast, maybe we should actually do the show and get on with something else. Okay, let's do the show and start off with, as usual, culture, and as I said, mostly TV this week. The Falcon and the Winter Soldier. I did watch the finale, of course I did. I thought May Kellyman as the Flag Smasher boss, was great. 
If you think her face is familiar, yes, she was Anne Finness from Solo, A Star Wars Story. She was also Eponine Fernandier from the BBC's Les Miserables. And she's been in other things. It was nice seeing more of the Falcon, of the Winter Soldier, of US Agent, of Baron Zemo, and even Z-List supervillain Patrock the Leaper. (laughs) Although they've done quite well to update him and make him look less ridiculous than his comic book counterpart. The action and the social commentary was also good, but I thought the whole thing ended with a sputtering fizzle. It was very on the nose and hardly a thrill. Let's move on to another show that I've finished watching, and that is Stargirl. Yes, this finished quite some time ago, but I only just finished watching it recently. I enjoyed it more than Doom Patrol, which I have not watched to the latest episode or its conclusion. I don't know what happened with that. On the other hand, Stargirl is much less Grant Morrison-ish of a show, which makes it easier to watch. I think one season might be more than enough for me, but I've said that many times before, so never say die. And here we go, spoilers imminent, you have been warned. I say never say die, because the finale of Stargirl proclaims Starman to be still alive, and teases the return of Eclipso. Going back to the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, Characters like Batrock the Leaper, Baron Zemo, US Agent, and now Starman, Stargirl, Eclipso. They are characters that I know almost nothing about apart from what I've seen on television or in the movies. It is nice to see those lesser characters, although at one stage they were not lesser characters and they were more prominent in the comic book worlds at least, but now we're seeing them again on the small screen. Talking about characters who have made it from the comics to the small screen, Invincible. I watched the season one finale. I've mentioned this before, I really like Invincible. I think it's a great adaptation of a comic to the screen, and doing it in an original an entertaining way. So again, let me just say how much I enjoy Invincible. Let's move on to For All Mankind. This is another show I wish just ended. I'm not sure if I've got it in me to watch another season, though it isn't a bad show. To recap, by the end, a deadly moon skirmish with spacified assault rifles between the US and the Soviets, ends in death, incineration, and asphyxiation. How wonderful. And then a little handshake suddenly ends the entire conflict, which makes you wonder why they didn't go for the handshake in the first place. At least I got to see Buran, the Soviet shuttle, fly 
Buran was a spacecraft I've always been interested in. Season 3, which is the next season, promises Mars. They're doing a lot of wish fulfillment for things that the space program never accomplished. On the other hand, we also never had war in space. Also, we've been told, but this is not a conspiracy theory show, so we'll move on to the next thing. Most Dangerous Game. This is an interesting one. Most Dangerous Game from 2020 was a Quibi short-format TV action thriller based on the short story The Most Dangerous Game from 1924 by a chap called Richard Cornell. It has been filmed before as a film. Anyway, Quibi had their own stab turning this into a show, though Quibi has, of course, gone out of business. In Most Dangerous Game, Liam Hemsworth, Chris Hemsworth, Thor's brother, is diagnosed with a terminal illness and is offered the opportunity of being hunted for sport by rich people in return for lots and lots of cash for every hour he stays alive. It, as it sounds, is a cheap, nasty, silly thriller with all the hunters based on crude cultural stereotypes. There's a snooty Englishman, a dumb redneck, that kind of thing. Christoph Waltz is a sinister orchestrator and is played by Christoph Waltz simply being Christoph Waltz. And also that short format sucks. It's never going to work in the first place. I really don't know how they got funding. Oh, because when you watch any streaming show and you leave it, say, ten minutes in, when you come back to it, it should start playing where you've left off. At least that's what happens with the shows that I've seen streaming. Which means that the 10-minute episode format of Quibi seemed almost pointless. But anyway, we've talked about that before. Let's talk about this thriller. It sounded promising because I... I think I've seen the original film, maybe a long time ago. I know it's been referenced in a lot of other things, like Zodiac, and I was really interested in seeing this. But yeah, it's not that good, and it's fairly disappointing, and Quibi in general, I'm glad that it had a stake rammed through its worthless heart. If you're in the mood for ridiculous man-hunting schlock, you should watch John Woo and Jean-Claude Van Damme's Hard Target from 1993 instead. It's just much better. Sorry, if you can hear some stylish vocal fry in my voice, that's not vocal fry, that's genuine croaking. It has just been so long since I've talked this much all in one go. Oh, okay, well, were we okay? Yeah, 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 I can see my notes again. The Handmaid's Tale, yes, season four. Started off promising as our hero, June, leads her fellow handmaids after the escape from Gilead of a plain load of children. 
planned and orchestrated by her and the other handmaids and some of the Marthas. Then season four descends back into the usual torture slash depression porn around episode three onwards. Unbelievably, this is not the final season. Completionists, prepare yourself for more The Walking Dead style hate watching <laughs> until this endless slog ends. Also, on the subject of the show, why can't fictional Canada just nuke fictional Gilead? Yes, Gilead is powerful and it's the remnants of most of the United States, etc. I do understand the political underpinnings of the drama, but I just want to watch it all go boom. Moving on to Jupiter's Legacy. This is a Netflix TV series based on the 10-issue, two-volume and counting comic book series by writer Mark Millar, the guy behind Kick-Ass and lots of other stuff. And also Frank Quietly, the artist behind stuff like All-Star Superman. In Jupiter's Legacy, there is a Superman-like character called the Utopian, who has to contend with passing on his mantle to the next generation of superheroes. I liked the comic book, though I have only glanced through the first volume of the trade, but I'm finding the show a little slow-moving. Also, because it's a Millar property, expect ultra-violence. When I say it's slow-moving, it's fairly glacial. They could have done as much as they did with half the screen running time. But that's how it is nowadays. I get the impression that they've invested so much money in these shows that they have to stretch out the thing to as many episodes as they can while it's still popular to get as many people watching as possible. Okay, let's move on to Star Wars Animation. I mentioned this because one of my listeners said on Twitter that they're really getting into the Star Wars animated shows. The latest of which I quite like the look of, and that's The Bad Batch. I've seen all the trailers, it does look great. It's all about a <laughs> batch of misbehaving clone troopers. I also have a huge backlog of other Star Wars animation to watch, and I've not seen any of it. It's something I might get around to one day, but not quite yet, because there are other things to do. But it is on my list of things to watch, should I ever run out of things to watch, which seems increasingly unlikely. And not just things to watch, but things to read, things to play. We talk about a lot of stuff in this podcast. But yeah, Star Wars animation is something that's on my radar. Next, and finally, the last bit of TV I wanted to talk about this week was Snowfall. I watched the latest of season four of action film director John Singleton's TV series about the CIA's alleged 
crack cocaine trade in Los Angeles that paid for sending arms to fight an anti-communist proxy war in Nicaragua. In the later season, we have more of the same tense ultraviolence as previous seasons. Preppy evil CIA agent Teddy McDonald continues trying to keep the supply lines open to fund arms for the Contras, while his young drug lord protege's power and wealth rises, as does the body count, as he undergoes a Heisenberg-like transformation. My favourite character is still Gustavo, the ex-masked wrestler, who has somehow survived so far. I suppose killing off a character as interesting and entertaining as him would make no sense for the ratings. Yeah, ratings dictating storyline. Hmm. Still, I am glad he's still in the show. And do you remember that fuss I made about his hoodie being anachronistic? Too modern for the time that this show is set in? Well, it is. But there is something else that's occurred to me. As a masked wrestler, a luchador, Gustavo was called the Bear. And this hoodie is suede and brown and I suppose draped over him with a hood up. He kind of looks bear-like. So in terms of being a signifier of his character, I can see why he's wearing it. Snowfall is a thrilling and dramatic series. I'll admit that. And it is heavily critical about white America's treatment of black people. On the other hand, it is ultimately entertainment based on African-Americans shooting each other, which just doesn't seem right anymore, or hasn't for quite some time. Also, like The Handmaid's Tale, I would say the series is grade A misery porn, though it is nice seeing a Hollywood bigwig like John Singleton even posthumously hammering the CIA. Oh yeah, John Singleton died in 2019. Uh, Right, that is it for TV today. I just had a few things to talk about regarding technology. First of all, Amazon versus Union. Amazon have won their fight against unionization after Amazon workers in Birmingham, Alabama decided strangely not to unionize which is a bizarre outcome, one that I'm surprised at, but working-class people have been shooting themselves in the foot generally for quite a while. That does not surprise me. Just look at public health in the US, or as I'm, of course, from the UK, look at who voted to leave in the Brexit referendum. To be fair, Amazon did a publicity hatchet job on unionizations and unions, and even went as far as hiring the historically notorious union-busting Pinkerton Detective Agency. So Amazon did throw a lot of money at combating unionization, 
I wonder if Jeff Bezos ever thought for one moment maybe having a union might be a good idea? It does show that Amazon is continuing to be a bunch of rotters concerning their workers, and the workers who voted against this, maybe they need a brain transplant. The reason this old news is suddenly more relevant recently is that currently members of the UK Union Unite are, or at least were, until a few days ago, demonstrating across the country, including quite nearby, and have set up a worker hotline for Amazon workers. I've got to say, Jeff Bezos, this problem is not going away, mate. And maybe it isn't a problem at all. Maybe you should consider actually helping to set up a union. Believe me, it will be cheaper for you in the long run. Why am I addressing Jeff Bezos? It's not as if he listens to this, is it? Okay. Trump versus Facebook. Facebook's oversight board surprisingly decided to uphold Trump's ban on the platform, at least temporarily, and they've said really that it's up to Facebook to decide what to do in the long term, which is a little bit of a cop-out. I don't know why Facebook have always had this problem with banning people. It's not as if they are a public platform, although I know something to do with that is going on in the US at the moment, deciding whether platforms like Facebook are public forums. As a private company, they can do what they want, but we all know the reason that they've been dragging their heels over outright banning Trump from Facebook, and it's nothing to do with free speech or him breaking community rules, it's all to do with money. The more social interests Facebook stirs up for whatever reason is good interest. Because the more eyes they have on something, the more advertising they can sell. It's all rather sordid. Let's move on to something completely different now. Pointing devices. Ah, oh, thank God. A non-controversial subject. At least I think it's non-controversial. Oh no, yeah, well, it may be a little later on. RSI is rearing its ugly head again for me. My right carpal tunnel and elbow are suffering. I mentioned at the top of the show that all my joints were giving me problems. And where my joints are experiencing more wear, they're giving me more problems. And one of the worst ways is the whole pointing device fiasco. I tried switching to a 3M vertical mouse. They are those mice that kind of look like joysticks. They used to be sold by IBM, though I think they've always been made by 3M. I used to have a clone one from years ago that I bought in or near Tottenham Court Road in a computer mart of some kind years and years ago. And that wasn't completely satisfactory, so I settled on using a Cirque glide point trackpad. That too is a bit old-fashioned and neither is an ideal solution. But because they were 
both devices that I've had in storage for years. I didn't have to buy them and it was worth trying something else other than a mouse. I have also tried my mother's slightly busted but classic Microsoft Trackball Explorer, which lacks precision but is the most comfortable of the bunch. Unfortunately, it's her device and also it's not that accurate. It's not that easy to do stuff in PaintShop Pro with it or Photoshop. I also considered the ferociously expensive Microsoft Trackball Explorer clone, the open source Ploopy Trackball from Toronto, but I really haven't come to any solid conclusion about what I'm going to do at the moment. One thing that is a bit more relevant to UK listeners is that the NHS apparently don't fix carpal tunnel injuries anymore. So no matter how expensive the hardware solution is to this problem, it is still a cheaper option than private surgery, and a less dangerous option than private surgery. I've managed to avoid surgery to my carpal tunnel years ago, by just using a mouse less for a few months, years and years ago. That's what I did. I cut out most of the mouse use, so I tried to limit it, and did some exercise and relaxed, and it worked. But the older you get, the harder it is to recover from things like this. Anyway, I'll let you know how that goes, but be careful out there, man. Be careful. We're all geeks. I'm guessing a lot of geeks listen to this, and a lot of the people listening to this are geeks who spend a long time on their computers. If something's hurting, then you need to change what you're doing. Which kind of brings us on to what I wanted to talk about next. Blue light. Remember blue light? Well, it's the opposite. Research tells us that the fear that... More energetic blue light from devices can harm your eyes is probably crap. Not because the theory in general is wrong, but because the intensity of that blue light is generally far too low to be of consequence. I found an article about this from a fairly reputable source dated two years ago. That was the Harvard Health Blog. And the title of that blog entry was Will Blue Light from Electronic Devices Increase My Risk of Macular Degeneration and Blindness? Like I said, that was from two years ago. But the topic seems to be doing the rounds recently. I did a search to see if I've talked about this before in the pod and I couldn't find anything. Which is odd, it does sound like something that I have been meaning to address for quite some time. Can't be two years though. Anyway, it has been in the news recently, the news outside this podcast, so I thought I'd mention it here. From my own experience is after I found out about the blue light and I changed my sleeping, well my not sleeping habits, blue light also doesn't 
disturb your sleep as much as warm white light bulbs which mimic daylight and fool your body clock into wakefulness. It is, therefore, the exact opposite of what we were told in the first place. (laughs) I will say one thing about apps that change the colour tone from cold white, which has a bluish tinge, to warm white with a yellowish-orange tint. The yellowish-orange tint looks more natural, and the cold blue traditional look of your phone screen or small device screen does look strange in comparison. So from an aesthetic point of view, I think at least that blue light scare meant that a whole raft of apps were rolled out to change the colour hue of your device, and that has worked by making our screens look a bit nicer, even if it hasn't done anything to improve our eye health. (laughs) This whole thing started off telling us one thing, and it turned out that the exact opposite was true, at least for now, because science is evidence-based, and as research progresses or sample sizes increase, findings can change. Personally speaking, as someone who stares at a screen too much and has a mother with mild glaucoma, my advice is to give yourself a break from the screen when you can and keep those orbs moist. Moist orbs. Moving on to Apple Podcast subscriptions. I was a bit conflicted whether to put this item in the tech section or the creative section because the item straddles both the technology and creative sections because it has implications for podcasters like me. For $19.99 US dollars per year plus 30% of your take in the first year and then 15% in succeeding years, you can now have the privilege of selling exclusive content via Apple's new subscription-only service. I've got to say, Apple, are you actually insane? Why would I do this? There's already Patreon, PayPal, and Ko-Fi, so what the hell is the point or value of your service? You do nothing but reap the rewards of my hard work. No thanks. And the next person who tells me Tim's a nice guy can just bite me. Actually, I think the last person who said Tim's okay was probably me, so I can bite myself. Apple are okay over privacy issues, if you can actually afford their devices. But they are a tight, tight company. Man, there is no way that I'd go for something like that as a podcaster. That is it. I just had one more thing to mention in the after show section, and that is regarding India's COVID crisis. India is suffering dreadfully from the pandemic. Hospitals are overcrowded and oxygen is short, so much so that the governing nationalist BJP party have even made it illegal to complain 
about the shortages, which, by the way, is a good point for me to interject that I believe the 3rd of May was World Press Freedom Day. Anyway, sweeping problems like that under the carpet will not work, and India could do with some help. Many governments, including our own in the UK, are contributing to help India. As a private citizen, you can do that too. Just search the web for India COVID crisis in your own country, and you will find many charities that you can contribute to. In the UK, for example, that includes Oxfam. And that is it for now. The show that you've just listened to is produced, presented, and edited by me, Roy Martha, a writer. Martha is spelt M-A-T-H-U-R. You can find more about me or get in touch at RoyMartha.com if you want to help. Please review and rate the show on whatever platform you listen and recommend it to a friend or mortal enemy. Or click on the support or contact link on my website. You were, as usual, listening to Crash the UK Geek Podcast. This was episode 381, recorded on Thursday the 13th of May 2021, and the time at the end of the show is 23.52.27. Make sure to tune again soon when we will be talking about films. Thanks for listening, and bye-bye for now. Bye.